You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the Red's Hot Stove League. The Red's Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks, proud sponsors of the Red's Hot Stove League, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, JTM, let's create great dishes together, MSA Architects, and by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, a Cincinnati Bell Company, technology solutions for business. Your Tri-State Chevy dealers, check out Chevy's award-winning lineup only at your Tri-State Chevy dealer. The Healthcare Management Group, greater care for greater Cincinnati. Woody Sander Ford, I-75 at Mitchell Avenue, right in the middle of everywhere. And this to the Reds. Now, the Reds Hot Stove League on News Radio 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. The Reds on the radio. Well, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. For those of you driving or listening on the radio, you can't see our cheerleaders sitting up here. Urging the crowd. One more time. Come on. Follow well, the maestro here, on. please. Darren Wright. It's a I great like crowd it. here. I like it. It's the Hall of Famer. Marty Brenneman. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us on this Tuesday night. Talking baseball. And you already have the exact number of days counting not only to spring training starting, but you're even ready for opening day. 55 days until the Reds and the Phillies square off in that first Monday in April, right across the street. And not only that, but the pitchers and catchers report in Goodyear Monday, and then three days later, the first full squad workout, and then two weeks from Friday, on the Reds on radio, Jeff Brantley and I will have the Reds and the San Francisco Giants from Scottsdale, and we will be off and running. I know we're playing an odd spring training schedule this year. We, the Reds, everybody, of course, because of the World Baseball Classic. But do you think it's good or bad? Because we discuss this every single year, and we talk to players about it. We talk a lot about it with the coaches, and especially the manager in recent years, Brian Price. It seems as though everybody collectively feels as though spring training is too long. And yet here this year, we're starting on the 24th of February with games already. You think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a bad thing. Uh, but, I mean, I understand why everybody's starting earlier this year because yeah. of the World Baseball Classic, uh, something that uh, the Asian countries love, the Hispanic countries love, and nobody, I don't think, to any great degree in this country cares about it one way or the other. Yep. Yep. And I think the one salvation about that is, to my knowledge, I don't think the Reds have a player participating. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I mean, uh, we all know that uh, kids that come from the uh, Latin American countries get a lot of pressure from their homeland to represent their country. And uh, I I would imagine kids like Iglesias uh, got some pressure and and, uh, Suarez and, and some of the other kids that are either from the Dominican or Venezuela or Mexico or some of the other countries. I just think that it's a no-win situation, especially for pitchers who have to play hurry-up from day one. For instance, when the Reds pitchers and catchers report on Monday, 
if you've got guys that are that are participating for whatever country they may be playing for, now they've got to really kick it into gear and try to get ready in a hurry. And we all know, and it's been well-documented, guys who have participated yep. that come up with some type of arm problem that keeps them out of action once a big league season begins. So I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a real big fan. Yeah, I, really, I think I'm two really times fan. ago is when you're, you're referring to, when I say, you know, two sessions ago when they had the World Baseball Classic. The last time around, it seemed like there weren't as many. But it doesn't matter how many if it affects your team Correct. directly. And your guy is a guy that happens to all of a sudden not feel right, and he's hurried it along, and he's throwing too many pitches, or at least sooner than he otherwise would be under a normal spring training situation. That's the last thing in the world you want to have happen. I don't know at the end of the day how good it is for the game, ultimately. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a subjective thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that any – you can have somebody here and say it's wonderful for the game, and it might be on a worldwide basis. It may well be because – You've got teams from the Netherlands. You've got teams from Italy. Yep. Uh, you've got team. You've got a team. I think for the first time uh, from Israel. Yep. That's going to be participating in it. But in terms of the United States, I really think it's a stretch that if you took a vote of all the so-called baseball fan uh, as a as a group in the entire country, how many people would really, really get up for it and really either set their TVs to tape games that are being played at odd hours or whatever the case might be. I, I really question whether or not uh, that's the case at all. But, you know, this is this is one of Bud Selig's legacies. Uh, everybody seems to put on a happy face. And, and I'll, I'll give the U.S. Baseball Federation a lot of credit because I think Jimmy Leland, who's going to manage the U.S. team, is going to have a pretty representative baseball team. I know Paul Goldschmidt, I think, is going to play. Yep. And a lot of named players are going to participate for Team USA, but then again, there are a lot of players uh, that are big-time players that are United States kids that will not be playing for Team USA. And, of course, the best Canadian player, which, of course, is our brethren to the north, is the Reds' very own Joey Votto. He has played in the past. He's made the decision this time around that he will not play. You can understand why. I mean, he's done it already, and he said, hey, look, I, I have a team that's paying my salary that I need to get ready for the season, and we know one thing about Joey Votto, among many things, he will be ready when the season starts. Yeah, and I give him a lot of credit because, like I said, I think there's a lot of pressure brought to bear on yes. kids, uh, especially when you are the single best baseball player in your country. And, and you have to say thanks but no thanks. And, here's, and I think part of it is the fact that he got off to the bad start last year. Uh, his defense was woefully lacking uh, for much of the year, and, and he readily admitted to that. So I think that he's going to do everything he can to make sure that the start he gets off to in April and May and June are going to be a whole lot better than they were last year. And I think he feels like it's important to devote all of his energies to getting ready, wearing a red uniform, and not wearing a red uniform part of the time in a Team USA or Team Canada uniform another part of the time. You know, I thought it would be a good idea. You and I were sitting here talking before the uh, show got started with the uh, director of sales for the Reds, Bill Reinberger. Of course, the great always, Bill Reinberger. Well, I was going to let the you add Bill. that. I'm not so sure I'm buying that, but if you say it, I'll believe it. The great uh, Bill Reinberger. Nonetheless, the Reds pitching this year, and I thought there was an excellent, excellent story. For those of you that are kind of maybe trying to play catch-up about where the Reds are, they haven't made a ton of moves this offseason. I think they've made some good moves on paper to take a chance on some guys. We know they can't go out and spend a ton of money, but Feldman coming in and Storin coming in, and now the idea be Glacius and, and Lorenzen in the bullpen. Before we get to the bullpen, though, and I know we have a break coming up, 
I thought it was an excellent story on MLB.com written today by Mark Sheldon, which really breaks down the Reds from a pitching standpoint, and in particular their starting rotation. And we talked a lot about is Homer Bailey going to be back all right. the way. I mean, one would think he'll definitely be back based on the fact that he pitched last year. He didn't pitch in September. Anthony DiSclefani appears ready to go right from the get-go. Um, Brandon Finnegan. Brandon, and, and you go with Brandon Finnegan, who threw 172 innings last year. So right. that has a chance to make a significant jump this year. After that, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this thing plays out in spring training. And, and one thing you and I have talked about in the past is pressure in spring training. I think for these young pitchers, there will be a lot of pressure, and I think it's probably a good thing and that they would say the same thing, that there's good pressure this year in spring training. Well, I, I think it's good pressure in the sense that if there ever was a big league ball club, uh, that a young guy was going into camp intent on making the team, you ain't going to get a better opportunity. I love the line that Jeff Brantley used during the caravan. When you wake up one morning and you say to yourself, I've got the ability to play in the big leagues, and I'm tired of playing minor league baseball. I'm tired of playing in Louisville. I'm tired of playing in Dayton. I'm tired of playing in Pensacola. I'm tired of being a minor league ball player. And what he was saying is it's much a mindset as it is anything else. When you realize I've been in the minor leagues long enough. Now, I'm either good enough to play in the big leagues or I'd have got to go sell encyclopedias or something. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it's a mindset. And, and when you look down this, uh, this uh, depth chart that Dick Williams gave us when we had lunch with him a couple of weeks ago, and you look at the guys who are going to be in competition for the rotation. And you've got Cody Reed, you've got Robert Stevenson, you've got Amir Garrett, you've got uh, Tim Adelman, you've got Tim Adelman, you've got Tyler Molly. They'll probably give him a shot. Um, Sal Romano outside. Yeah, Scott Feldman, they'll look at him both ways. Yep. And if they deem him more important in the bullpen, then that's where he's going to pitch. So you're going to have a whole boatload of guys that are going to have a chance. And the one thing they will never be able to say, if in the last two weeks they're sent to Louisville or they're sent back to the minor league camp or whatever the case might be, they will never be able to say, God almighty, they didn't give me a good look. Because that's going to be a bunch of crap if somebody says that. Yep. They're going to get as much of a look as they've ever had in their lives. And if they don't make it, it's because, one, they don't have the ability, or, two, they're in love with playing in the minor leagues. Well, you know, it's one thing to be tired of playing in the minor leagues. It's another thing, as you're pointing out, though, to know, okay, I'm tired of playing in the minor leagues, but I'm going to get a shot at the big league level. How many players have come up through the Yankees or the Red Sox farm system in the last 10 years when they're signing every free agent known to man? And they might have a young guy that's tired of playing in the minor leagues, but he's got no shot. That's right. These guys have a shot. Well, that's the way it was way back in the 70s with the big red machine sure. team. Guys had no chance. No chance. They had zero chance. Right. Seven four nine. 7,000. We need your help tonight now because we don't have Bronson Arroyo sitting in the middle of us here. And speaking of Bronson, uh, we left his name out because he's going to be very much in the mix, whether it be as a rotation pitcher or as a relief pitcher, provided he pitches well enough to make the club. 749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1, 1-800-843-2441. Call us. All right, you're listening to the Red Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. We're back with your phone calls. And for those of you here in attendance tonight, We'd love to hear from you. Come on up if you have a question. We're back with more on the Red's Hot Stove League in a moment. 
with John Brennan. I'm Marty Brennan. We're back at the Holy Grail Banks, uh, and we've got a good crowd here tonight. This is the second to final show that will be done here. Next Tuesday night, back here, and then after next Tuesday night for the next four or five weeks, whatever the case might be, they will be done somewhere in the state of Arizona. Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's. Be a part of the action this season with the Reds Pick 6 plan presented by McDonald's. Pick any six Reds home games, including the Cubs, Indians, Yankees, and Red Sox, and receive an exclusive Eric Davis 30-30 dual bobblehead. Plus, you'll save up to 25% off regular price tickets and get six free McDonald's extra value meals. Purchase the Pick 6 plan now at Reds.com slash Pick 6. Some restrictions apply. All right, let's go to the phone calls. Uh, Lou up in Washington Courthouse, the home of our old buddy Jeff Shaw, still Indeed. makes his home up there. Lou, welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, thank you. You sound like Lou. You ought to be doing a show with that voice. Your sport, no lie. Oh, I should be. No, just kidding. Oh, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to uh, thank the Reds organization, you know, for giving Bronson that opportunity in Bronson. I'm so happy you're back with us. I'm with you all the way. You know, Dad, I was surprised after we got off the air with Bronson Arroyo last Tuesday night. And I was driving home and listening to Lance McAllister on our flagship home, 700 WLW. I was completely blown away by the number of people that were not in favor of this idea at all. You know, making oh my the argument gosh. that the Reds, are, know. you know, they're rebuilding, and why would you give a 40-year-old guy the ball and have him get innings that maybe somebody else should be getting in spring training? And I thought to myself, you can't have a staff, an entire staff, outside of one or two guys that are 21 and 22 and 23 years old, especially if a royal dad ends up in that bullpen. Well, we saw evidence of that uh, last that's year. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. No, we're, we're in your corner, Lou. I think, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a no-lose situation. Uh, I mean, let's let's look at it realistically now. He signed a minor league contract with an invitation to the big league camp. He's going to get every opportunity in the world to prove he can or he can't. As far as a minor league deal is concerned, that's the last place that Bronson Arroyo is going to end up. If he doesn't make the big league ball club, I think Bronson Arroyo will very quietly retire, and that'll be the end of that. But the fact that they're giving him an opportunity, one, because... They love the guy, and if you spend any time at all around him, you understand why. He and Brian Price have a tremendous relationship. They had an open line of communication the whole time he was gone. And if he makes a club, he is going to be such a positive influence on so many young pitchers, we can't begin to tell you. Well, I just want to thank the Reds organization. You know, I've been a fan for years, and this is the first time I've ever called. But I want to thank you guys. You do a great job, and again, thanks to the Reds organization. Thank you very much, Lou. We appreciate it, pal. You know, Dad, that's the part you just brought up about an influence. You know, even if Bronson Arroyo does end up in that bullpen, when you sit down there and you look at the makeup of the bullpen, those guys are still so young. Yeah. Iglesias, Lorenzen, uh, Singrani to a lesser extent. Blake Wood. Still very, very young guys or inexperienced guys at the big league level, i.e. Blake Wood. You're sitting down there for six, seven innings every night. I still think there are a lot of good things that you can learn from Bronson Arroyo sitting down there in that bullpen. No question about it. All you got to do is listen. I, if, if we had Mike Leake up here, Mike Leake would go on and on and on talking about how much Bronson Arroyo meant to him 
in terms of advice and the way to approach hitters and the way to set up hitters and the way to change speeds, all of those things, there was never a more apt student mm -hmm. than Mike Leake was as far as Bronson Arroyo. Bronson is not the kind of guy who is going to impose his will, his knowledge on you. But if you ask him, I guarantee you he'll help you. And he pays attention. Like right. he said up here with us a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, we asked him because he doesn't throw real hard and never has thrown hard. Could he relate to a guy throwing 97 and fastballs and sliders, which aren't in his arsenal? And he made the point, he said, I can watch guys in situation with first and second nobody out. Bases loaded, one out. First inning, your team gives you a 2 nothing lead, but you've got the bases loaded, none out. What are you thinking about right. there? Those are the things that he can make such a huge impact if he earns his way onto the team and giving him the chance, like you said, there's nothing to lose. 749-7000, are our telephone numbers. And look at you, young man. What is your name and what is your question? My name is Noah Sennard. Noah, you're the main man right now. You're in the spotlight. Drop it on us. My question is, Will Billy Hamilton win a gold glove? Noah, do you know who Jesse James is? No. Do you have any idea who Billy the Kid is? No. You didn't want to know him anyway. They weren't good guys. They were not good guys, but I only bring them up because way, way back, and this is even before I was born, they would rob banks. <laughs> they, were, they would steal. You understand? Yes. That's what happened to Billy Hamilton last year. He had the gold glove stolen from him. You got it covered? Yep. Okay. I just believe me. Uh, well, I think yeah, I think the gold gloves are farce anyway. If Billy Hamilton can't win simply because he didn't play in the month of September because he was hurt, then they got to go back and, and rethink the way that gold glove is awarded mm -hmm. and the people who are involved in 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 voting for it. Because I can tell you this, there was not a better center fielder in this league than Billy Hamilton. And that was a very good question. And when you go to school tomorrow, ask your teacher who Jesse James and Billy the Kid were. No, don't do that. Noah, you did an awesome job. <laughs> Great going there, big man. You certainly did. You know, am I wrong or did they change it in recent years? about who does vote on the gold glove. Do the players and, and uh, or the coaches and managers still vote on the gold glove? That used to be the case, and I don't know if they changed it because the one year, yes, that's true, because the one year Rafael Palmero won a gold glove for the Texas Rangers. And he couldn't catch a cold. He didn't play more than like 75, what did he play? One game the whole year. See, that shows you what right. a farce that whole thing right. is to begin with. So this is one time that the, the media doesn't get blamed. And our thanks to Rob Butcher and uh, Preacher Rowe for giving us a thumbs up on the play of the, the uh, managers and coaches. Um, stick with us. We're at the bottom of the hour, and uh, we'll be back. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented, of course, by the King of Beers, Budweiser. All right, moms and dads, listen up. You give your son or daughter an experience they will never forget this summer, and I can speak of this from experience. It's the Reds baseball and softball camps presented by United Healthcare. Campers receive their own uniform, special instructions from a Reds coach, a guest appearance by a current Red star, and more. You can sign up right now. Do so by February the 28th. 
and receive a $25 discount. You can register today at reds.com slash camps. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks presented by Budweiser with the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. I'm Tom Brenneman. Our producer engineer is Dave Yiddy Armbruster, and it's uh, nice to be here on this Tuesday night counting down the days. Let's go back to the phone calls. And, by the way, if you're thinking about calling, if you're local, 749-7000. If you're calling from out of town, 1-800-843-2441. And we go just up the road to Glendale. And, Vince, welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. Hey, guy. Uh, Tom and Marty, thanks for having me on tonight. Sure, Vince. Nice to have you. Hey, listen, uh, two questions. I uh, want to know, I think Brandon Finnegan's got great stuff. Uh, I, th- I believe he's only 23 years old. Yep. I-, I see him possibly developing into a number one pitcher this year for the Reds. I wanted to see what you thought about that and how you think the rotation will shape up if everyone's healthy this year. Well, we we'll start with Brandon Finnegan, Dad. You and I were talking about him. I, I, I am, I still think at the end of the day, when all said and done, he was the single biggest surprise for the Reds last year. And when I say surprise, I mean from where the baseball people, those that you know that know a great deal about Finnegan and stuff and other pitchers and so forth. I think this time a year ago, most people thought he'd get a shot in the rotation, but he would end up in the bullpen. Yep. And he wound up being, you know, outside of Dan Straley the most consistent starter the Reds had, going 172 innings. Now, the one thing that has to change in a hurry, you and I were talking about this before the show, he has to become more pitch efficient. He can't throw 100 pitches in five innings and expect to be the kind of starter you can count on. If he can find a way to make those 100 pitches stretch out to seven innings, now you might have something. Well, I mean, if he can go out and, and consistently give you six innings, and every now and then, uh, Run it up yep. to seven. Uh, it's scary how good he can be. And at all last year, his his maturity and his uh, improved pitching was as a result, I'm told, of uh, one throwing his changeup more and throwing it more for strikes. Uh, they don't have a pitcher on that staff that's a better competitor than that kid is. It's all a matter of command. We're going to go back to the phones in a moment, but I want to give a shout out to the Reds Hall of Fame. And also a shout-out to Sherry Rowland for the good job that she has done in putting together Reds Hall of Fame chapters all over Reds country. I was up in Columbus, uh, was it Wednesday? And I had a speaking engagement on the OSU campus. And then I went to uh, Grove City, had a tremendous visit with a lot of Reds fans there that night. And uh, they, they do a sensational job of creating additional interest in areas that have long been Reds' hotbeds. And uh, if that kind of outpouring is any indication, uh, those chapters do a very, very Mm -hmm. good job. And Sherry and the folks at the Reds' Hall of Fame do an excellent job. Well done, Sherry. Nice job. And all of you. Oh, and by the way, I don't mean to take away from that compliment, but to give some of you an idea of the difference between us and a Hall of Famer. Okay. See, I go to Columbus. I go to alone. Columbus. You I would have gone to the alone. event with Sherry. We'd have gone to Grove City, spoke to some folks, whatever the case may be. I got some good friends that live there. I might have met them for a beer, you know, somewhere around town, something like that. I don't drink beer. But no, no, no. When Marty Brenneman goes to Columbus and has a little time to kill, the next thing you know, he's hanging out with Urban Meyer at the Woody Hayes Center. And Kerry Combs. And Kerry Combs. And not, it's on National Signing Day, mind you. 
It's not like Urban Meyer has nothing else to do that day. It was all done by the time I got over there. But, I mean, that's when you know you're a big leaguer. That's when you know you're a big leaguer. Okay. Are you done with that now? Am I right or wrong, though? Are you done with it? Am I right or wrong? I put it on Instagram. (laughs) Are you done? I am. I'm done. Let's go to Yellow Springs. Sam, you're on the Red Hot Stove League. Hey, guys. How you doing? Pretty good, Sam. How are you? Hey, Sam. Doing pretty good. Hey, um, this is my first time calling. I'm actually pretty honored to get a chance to talk to uh, Marty. Um, no disrespect to you, Tom. Don't worry about it, Sam. It happens every day. <laughs> I'm glad you called, Sam. Go ahead. Okay, Marty. One thing I wanted to tell you, um, I know you probably get so many compliments every day, you probably get sick and tired of hearing them. But um, I'm 43 years old right now, and I wanted to let you know, because of you and Joe Nuxall, I was able to get a whole lot of hot girlfriends growing up when I was a kid. God bless you, man. I'm always glad to see one of my guys do good. And the reason why is because I was pretty dedicated to lifting weights and bodybuilding, and I always planned my workouts around Reds baseball. So I would go down to my basement, and so I had two hours at least to kill and and listen to Marty and Joe call Reds baseball. And I sat down there and lift weights. And uh, had a great time listening to Reds baseball. And then you hit the streets after the game was over. Yeah, I went and showed off my, my <laughs> nice physique. <laughs> Sam, you call back anytime you want to, pal. I like I that. I will do that. That's one of the better calls we've had this entire offseason. Let's go to Lexington. Talk to Peter. All right, Peter, welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling. What's Night. on your mind? So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the use of a, a long man in the bullpen. Um, over the past few years, Brian Price has mentioned several times that he likes to have a long man. He's looking for a long man that he might use some of the young starters as a long man in the bullpen. I wanted to know if it's possible to, to keep a line, long man. It seems like whenever there's a long man in the bullpen, whenever they have some type of success or they're effective in that role, they get moved to a different role. So when Sam LeCure did a good job in long relief, he got moved into the late innings. When Alfredo Simon had some success as a long man, he got moved into the starting rotation. Um, I remember in the late 90s, Scott Sullivan would lead the year, lead the league in innings year after year after year. And it's not that he was the best pitcher on the staff, and I think his ERA was never that great, but he was such a valuable piece to that bullpen, especially in 99, that had so much success because – they kept him in that role, and he ate innings, and he was effective just whenever they needed him to, to eat innings. And I think Scott Sullivan was a little bit special. But is it possible, like, for these young guys to be a long man? Or does, is a, can a manager be disciplined to leave someone in long relief if they're doing a good job doing it? You know, Peter, it's a good question, and, and we've talked about this, Dad, so many times. You know, Dusty Baker used to say all the time about when he came up with the Dodgers and how they would – bring up these young guys, Ken Howell among others, and and pitch them out of the bullpen as young pitchers to get their feet wet in the big leagues without the pressure of being a starter or a closer. And then they'd work their way up the totem pole, and eventually they'd go into the rotation. The Reds have really never committed to doing that, and and I'm not not second-guessing them for it because the dilemma is, let's just pick Amir Garrett. If he didn't make the starting rotation, is Amir Garrett and the Reds, are they better served with him being your long man when he's coming in and pitching in meaningless games, he's not building up arm strength to be Correct. a starter, or would he be better off at AAA? So that's the first part of the question. The second part of the answer is to his question is, 
Nobody wants to be the long man. The goal is is to get the guy's feet wet and move him up the totem pole, and that's where depth in an organization really takes over. Well put. Fans, don't let winter make you salty. Ask for underbody wash at any Mike's Car Wash location today, and we'll be back with more in a moment. Campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a Hit Collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Purchase now at RedsMuseum.org. All right, let's go back to the phone calls. We're going to sneak everybody in that's been holding before we get out of here tonight, and let's start with Rick just across the river in Covington. Rick, welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. How are you? Fine, thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Marty and Tom, um, I have a question. We know the infield is uh, pretty full uh, um, and uh, pretty deep there, but what about the outfield? I know that... um, Shevler uh, maybe in right field, uh, Hamilton in center, and uh, the uh, left fielder um, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall. Uh, who else do you see, uh, you know, filling that right field position? Uh, is Shevler the man, or uh, do you think um, Winkler, or uh, who else? Well, I think you go into spring training, Rick, uh, with the outfield that you just named, and that is yeah. Duvall left, Hamilton center, Shevler right. Uh, for my money, it's time for Jesse Winker to stand up and be counted. Right. Um, and, and I think the club probably feels the same way. Um, he will get a lot of at-bats in spring training. They think he's going to hit more home runs once he gets to the big leagues. And I don't think there's any question about his ability to hit. Now, he obviously would be in competition, I would think, with either with probably Scott Shevler as far as opening the season in the starting lineup. Right. Uh, uh, other than that, and, and uh, we have the, the depth chart, other outfielders, uh, Philip Irvin, who probably is still a bit away, a former Reds' number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Aristides Aquino, a young man who's had great offensive numbers. Uh, Gabriel Guerrero, a, a young Latin player. Uh, and so these are guys that we're going to see a lot of, but, Tom, chances are they're not going to make the club. Well, the, the, right. the other guy, I think you're 100% right on the nose about Winker. And the Reds, you know, they'll, they'll tell you when you sit down with them that if you start going inside a lot of the numbers with Winker on base percentage, you know, some of the other numbers, his ability to not strike out, draw walks, a lot of other things, they really like the way he's progressing through right. the system. We've heard his name for a long time. That's not his fault. He's still a young guy. I still think you have to include if they're going to go with Brandon Phillips and Zach Cozart in that middle infield, oh, there yeah. have to be days during the week where Jose Peraza starts in the outfield for your team. No question. So he's in that mix, too. And they're also, the two days ago, the story of three days ago broke that they were negotiating uh, with a former Tampa Bay Ray, Desmond Jennings, apparently to sign a minor league camp uh, contract with an invitation to the big league camp. Desmond Jennings has had... Uh, pretty good major league experience. He's not hit a whole lot lately. He was hurt a lot last year. Uh, so that's a veteran guy in as much as you can label a young player a veteran because he's had some big league experience. We appreciate your call, and uh, we'll head toward the final 10 minutes. Dave in Westchester, hang on. We'll be back with more from the Holy Grail Banks, the Red Hot Stove League, in a moment. 
You're listening to the Red Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by our friends from Budweiser. We're here for about the next uh, three, four, five minutes. So Dave has been patiently standing by up the trail in Westchester, Ohio. Dave, welcome to the Red Hot Stove League. Hello. How are you? No, my name isn't Dave. It's Tony. I'm sorry, Tony. Please forgive me. Close enough, Tony. Tony, nice to hear <laughs> okay. from you. Thanks for the call. Uh, I wanted to say something to Marty. Yeah, Tony. You don't know me, but you knew my father. Uh-huh. And two years back, you received a couple T-shirts with a baseball that was signed by Joe Nutsall. And I wrote you a note saying it wouldn't be correct unless your signature was on it also. And you did that for me. Mm-hmm. And I never did have the chance to thank you personally. Well, you're very kind for calling. I appreciate that. But I do thank you now. Enjoy you always. And I do appreciate all the things you've done for the Cincinnati Reds. Well, Tony, we appreciate it. And... I promise you, if you call back, we will never call you Dave again. Okay. <laughs> Is that fair enough? Yes, sir. I right. thank you. All right, pal. Thanks very much for your call. You know, by the time we get back on the air next week, uh, the pitchers and catchers will have reported. And, again, the position players uh, coming in on Thursday, February 16th, and the first spring training game Friday, February 24th, against John Miller, Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Ruko, Dave Fleming, and, yes, the San Francisco Giants. So when will you be making your way to the Grand Canyon State? We will be heading out a week from Sunday. A week from Sunday. you got to get everybody in your house kind of squared away, first of all. Oh, we you got know, everything squared everybody away. Squared everybody away. Everybody squared right. away. Everybody's okay. going to be here. Everybody's right. good. Okay. The old man's doing pretty good. You know what I'm talking about? You're doing pretty gonna, good? Yeah, we're going to close this thing out by talking very briefly because we didn't devote any time to it tonight to the revelation that came out earlier about how uh, baseball rules changes will uh, are going to dictate this year that if intentional walk is issued, all you do is hold up four pit fingers, no more having to throw four pitches. That's all I wash yep. to begin with. I agree. And the other one, I think, is one that could have tremendous impact on the game, and that is to raise the lower level of the strike zone, no more the hollow of the knee below the knee, but the top of the kneecap. I think that's going to make for more contact. It's going to make for a better game to raise the bottom of the strike zone. That's one side of that argument. The flip side of that argument is, you know, there are a lot of called strikes uh, in that part of the strike zone as well. And so if you're raising or shrinking the strike zone, as this is the case, yes. if you have more contact, could that lead to more scoring and more runs and more base runners and longer games? Well, you're right. Uh, that's, that's exactly you know, right. It's, it's, I don't know the answer. I don't know that baseball knows either. But I think <laughs> that deal about four fingers rather than pitching, that's, that is really stretching uh, the credibility of we want to speed the games up. Are you kidding me? Well, they know they have a problem, Dad. I mean, you know, we, we, that, we'll devote that to another show. But, but that is, you know, that is priority number one for Ma, Rob Manfred and the powers that be at Major League Baseball is to try to find a way to get this game moving along. I mean, we're living in a generation of kids, and you see it with your grandkids, my kids, little kids. Everything's got to happen, and it's got to happen right now. And, uh, you know, these three-hour and 15 and three-hour and 20-minute games – 
at the end of the day, are not good for the future of our game. So hopefully some of these things will help. Yeah, but everybody knows how the system works. Uh, you can propose these, but they've got to be passed sure. on by uh, the player union. And there's even people who say, well, the biggest bargaining chip that the player union has for passing, uh, uh, approving of more things that will definitely shorten the game is to add a 26th player to each roster. Really? I don't see that. But what do I know? I don't know much at all. Tom, you know an awful lot. I now. know that you are That's a big That's why leaguer. I always feel smarter when I sit you next to you. You are a big leaguer. And thank God the that bumper music means that this night is in the books. <laughs> we will be back next Tuesday thank night. You. Thanks to everybody who showed up tonight. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.